Welcome, hitchhikers, to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the no-frills, no-bullshit movie review podcast where we don't spend the first 10 to 15 minutes wasting your time talking about the great megalo deals we got at our local grocer or why I haven't been able to find the TV clicker from my living room for almost a fucking week. It's in the couch. <laughs> it's you know not. It's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you look, I've looked a lot. We're going to dive right into what we're going to review and dig our heels in. I'm your host, your chauffeur, your Uber, the mayor, Matt Logson, and joining me for episode 31 out here on the highway are my co-hosts, living life large from coast to coast. I am the Lord Ketchum. And I'm Davey, king of the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. Yeah. Davey. Davey tonight. (laughs) Davey Osborne. We have a fun episode for you tonight. From my personal trek down the Nostalgia Highway, this is Cloak and Dagger from 1984. It is originally based on a 1947 novel, Boy Cried Murder, by Cornell Woodrich. It was adapted to screen by Tom Holland, distributed by Universal Pictures, directed by Richard Franklin. It has a PG rating and a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes. Cloak and Dagger had two release dates. It came out on a limited release double billing with The Last Starfighter on July 13th of 84. Then it got a full release on August 10th of 84. There is no publicly stated budget on this. I don't know if those records were yeah, dispunged or... I don't know because... I'm, I'm, I don't even want to tell the listeners <laughs> how much time I devoted trying to find this fucking budget. And you asked me if I had any idea what it was, and I right. quickly discovered by a Google search that that information is not readily available. And how many times have I asked you for some <laughs> research info? Not very often. Yeah. Yeah. Which meant I knew I was going to be digging for bones. And but. real quick, uh, talking about The Last Starfighter, you want to talk about some Halloween connections. You know who directed that, right? Nick, Nick Castle, Castle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, right. and starred Lance Guest, who was Jimmy from yeah, Halloween yeah, 2. Yeah. yeah, pretty cool. I like that. Anyways, proceed. Sorry. No, no. Hey, that was a good little tidbit. So, Hitchhikers, call Universal Studios, get those digits, and pass them our way, because we couldn't find them. Yeah. Good luck. I knew this movie made money, man. It had to. Have. Oh, yeah. It did. I, mean, I don't it, know if it made a profit. It, right. It made profit. It should have. It should have. I, I mean, I would think so. If I was a betting man, I would bet it did. But yeah. It did clear almost $3 million on its opening weekend, like 2.7 or something. Oh, wow. And grossed almost 10 during its U.S. release, you know, the full release. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's both, yeah, probably, yeah, it made a profit, I'd say. Yeah. 84. I'm, yeah, it, it was worthy. Yeah. But what do I know, you know? IMDb scores this at a 6.6 out of 10 with a meta score of 64. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 64% with an audience score of 55%. And we have Henry Thomas, you know, Elliot from E.T. Yeah. And he plays Davey, who's a bit of a schizophrenic. This guy's seeing some things in most of his movies. I mean, I don't know if you... He's got ADHD, man. He's fine. Nah, he... he, (laughs) I mean, I've seen... Really vivid imagination. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean... And adults apparently should believe this kid. There's nothing wrong with that kid. Yeah. He sees an imaginary spy from a video game here. Children. Explore the space. Okay, okay. And, you know, and I do. So, therefore, he's also played, you know, in a movie with a little goblin that's an extraterrestrial or something. (laughs) And there's another one he's got where he's uh, flying in this... It's like a silver... Volvo, you know the in health Volvo? class. Volvo? No, not a Volvo, not the car. It's like oh, the, a Volvo. You remember in a Volvo? When you got the little page where they start teaching sexual education, <laughs> and there's like a clip art diagram of a Volvo. I first saw that and thought, didn't that the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator? And that fucking you know same oh, kid, okay. Davy. It's not plays, the same kid, though, brother. What is? Yeah, but it is. No, yeah. no, it's not. 
I didn't say it was the same actor, but this is the same kid. Trust me, this character is unique, and it's Davy, and he's also yeah. Davy here. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the continuity is perfect. It's just you're you're calling the it '80s were filled with these kids. You yeah, know? this I, kid, this kid, right? Well, in Flight Navigator, it was actually Joey Kramer who, oddly enough, his name was David in that. <laughs> yeah, Davy, Davy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen it. It's one of my favorites. We're, we're taking a trek down the Nostalgia Highway here oh. of my life, so oh yeah, this this character is is ingrained as Davy and Elliot. You know, right, that's that's him. And he might have been he might not flight. have been Henry Thomas, but right, but he was definitely not. But yeah, flight right. navigator, yeah, no, he was. Interesting little yeah. fact about uh, <laughs> Joey Kramer here. A couple years back, uh, he got arrested. Oh yeah, yeah. With what? Oh okay. Uh, you don't know. Right. <laughs> well, uh, he, shit that he pulled. He he robbed the fucking bank nice. in British Columbia. <laughs> hey, man. So it's flight navigator didn't do enough for his. Career goals. I guess okay. not. I yeah, but yeah, he robbed the bank. Mm. That's crazy. What a dickhead. <laughs> Times but, are tough. Yeah. So and then we got. Uh, you wish Henry Thomas was in play that. He was. Fucking get over. <laughs> Believe me. I haven't. You know, just thought this up overnight. I mean, ever since I was a child, that's the same guy. And you know, as an adult, no, they're accepting right. that it is still mm. the same they guy. They look the same. You've just yeah. recast the you know actor. That's all. Yeah, it's like when they did Jennifer and just Back to the Future too. As a child, I didn't catch that. You know when, yeah, when I I'm older, I I'm like, either. oh yeah, there is it. <laughs> you know? yeah. Same thing, same thing. It passes. That, yeah, it, it's it, it, typecasting. It's yeah. not just you know being. Is that sure? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what it is. So I mean, yeah. but we get Dabney Coleman. He's the Davy's hero. Imagination. He's not really imagination. He's in this game, and he's. Davy's created a persona for him and interacts with him, but it's you know Dabney Coleman. He was in Nine to Five. Uh, yeah. Shit, what else? War, what games. War games. Okay, yeah. He was Mister Drysdale in the uh, yeah. Beverly Hillbillies movie with Jim Varney. Oh, all right. Oh, I love that dude. That was a fun movie. I like that movie a lot. That's one of the few times Varney got out of character from Ernest and actually was convincing in a, in a different. Part. Oh, definitely. Dude. So yeah, yeah, I appreciated that. So then we get Kim, who is Christina Nigra. From the Twilight Zone movie? She was in a segment where... Yeah, she was in Nightmare uh, at 20,000 Feet. Yeah, yeah. She, oh, with great. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. She had, I can think damn, of uh, she had that camera, dude. And she was a little brat on that trip. And, oh, yeah. In that movie, man. She was a little pain in the ass. I would have been pissed if I was on that flight. She's going up and taking a picture and then charging you like five bucks. <laughs> like, that'll be five dollars. <laughs> That's <laughs> Fuck hilarious. you, little girl. <laughs> Okay, so I do have a question. There's a goddamn gremlin out here, man. <laughs> yeah. We got bigger things to talk thing about. On the wing. <laughs> you know. Yes. Anyway, she uh, is she also, I have to ask, is she also in the part with the uh, old folks home? No. The, the kick the can segment? I think so. Because you know the little mm. old lady, the granny, when she becomes a child, she's like, Fran. Yeah. Are you, you know, I don't know. She's got that same exact fucking voice as this little girl Kim in this. I have to. I, I'm going to say no on it. According, okay. but according to IMDb, she was just in the uh, segment hey, with Lithgow. Y- you know, you're not proving me wrong, but you're telling me that right. there's not enough information. I'm sure she could have done. I'm not battle. saying it's empirical evidence. Okay. Well, she's got a unique voice, and that yeah. definitely, for me, I said, oh, she's oh, in Twilight Zone. So oh, you're talking about like, the little girl that was like. Um, 
or the, the old can, chick. The, yeah, the, the can, can. She becomes a little yeah. girl with right. the accent. Right. She's like, I saw Haley's comment. Yes. I don't want to ever see it again. Yes. Is that not her? Is it? That might be. No, it's not though. It's not her. It isn't. That was a really good impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot the freaking dialogue. That you <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, man. That's awesome. Oh, so anyway, so yeah, good. she was in this movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's this yeah. co-conspirator in this spy scheme. She's carrying her walkie-talkie around and just rolling her eyes at everything he says, like "Yes, baby." <laughs> and anyway, oh yeah, uh, Michael Murphy is in this. Do you remember him from Shocker, Wes Craven's movie? Yes, eighty-nine. Yeah. Yep. He was in X Men. <laughs> Oh yeah, the news is that the news? No, 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 it was like the part of the original trilogy. Oh, was it number three? It was number oh, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I mixed it up. Yep. No, not Brian Singer wasn't in it. That was two. Oh no, okay. no, no, no. The, I'm, I'm talking no. about the original. Like, because didn't he? Wasn't he the director of all those? Or? Yeah, yeah. Brian Cox was talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, yeah, Brian Singer. Um, I don't. Yeah, he directed the movie. I think. Okay. I might be wrong, but fucking. Um, he was, uh, who was but it, yeah, uh, he was the dad. He was Angel's okay. dad. He's the guy who had the cure okay. in the Last Stand. All right, he was All right. running the facility and shit. He was also in uh, Private Parts. Howard Stern. He was uh, one of the executives. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh okay. Well, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, in a long that's time. that's a dig. There. I think I've seen I, it only uh, like twice. Really? Yeah, I've saw I saw it once all the way it. through, and then I watched it again, but like in just parts. So, but I, it was funny. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I, I think it's like hilarious. I like tits. Man. There's yeah, lots of them it. in it, <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. No, I, I like Michael Murphy in this. Well, he is. You know, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's the head. You know, head of the baddies. We quickly realize that he'll go to any length to get that damn game back. Right from Davy, that's got some code message in it. So. Yeah. and then he's got a couple Evies with him, though Alvarez and Haverman. Haverman. Yeah. I don't know. You don't need to know their fucking names. They're they're got, the same assholes you've seen in Knight Rider and yeah. A-Team and Incredible Hulk back in the day. Fucking playing the same assholes, trying to be badasses, mm-hmm. but suck at it. Well, Haverman's Tim Rosovich, okay. who was Rick Rosovich's brother. He was a star for USC playing football, and he got drafted, and he played hmm. for the uh, the Eagles, he played for the Oilers, he played for the Chargers. Well, he wow. looks like a footballer with that mustache. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like 6'4 or something. Yeah. He's a big dude. And then... Um, the other guy uh, was uh, Eloy Casados, and he yeah. was in White Men Can't Jump. Um, y'all remember Best of Times? Kurt Russell. Best of Times, the worst of times? No, no, no. Oh, best of best Times. Of time. okay, yeah, with you. Kurt Russell and uh, Robin Williams. He was Carlos. Yeah. All oh, the football. Yeah. yeah, the football movie. Okay, got yeah. that. Yeah. Right. It's been he a while in... since I've seen that movie. I, I, I was like, I was thinking, movie. I was like, used cars? No, okay, yeah. Best times, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, he was in So, some... what you're telling me is these people were in more than just Knight Rider, A Team, and Incredible Hulk? I mean, I they were. So. Yeah, small parts. Oh. Yeah. The but, same kind of guys? But yeah, yeah. They, they, but they, were they were, this is what they were typecast yeah, as. Right. They were heavies, yeah, they like, like you said. Yeah. Right. As long as I wasn't wrong. I think they were in Star, uh, Star Wars, too, because these guys can't shoot for shit. <laughs> now, they couldn't hit the broadside of a ball oh three God, feet away. No, they couldn't. And well, they unless you're well, shooting at a fucking rat. That, then you pay Oh, it. yeah. Pew! Nailed it. You know? Instantly qualifies them for a... Lead stormtrooper in right. Star Wars, or like you can't shoot shit, you're in. You Maybe know? even a speaking role. Well, <laughs> I don't want to push it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Speaking of speaking roles, uh, William Forsythe's in this, and it's he's got an important role in this, but you wouldn't know by his look. I mean, you, you recognize no. his voice. You have to be tipped off. There's no way in hell you'd watch this without knowing that's Bill Forsythe. I did. Oh, bullshit. I did. I watched it, and I was like, oh, oh bullshit. William Forsythe. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> you saw him in the credits, and you were looking for him, and oh, you picked shit, him out. Dude. No, I, was, no I watched way it, and I was like, hell. oh, it's William Forsythe. Now, did I know that when I first saw this when I was a kid? No. Well, you didn't know but, who William Forsythe was when you were a kid, no. I would hope. Yeah, first thing I ever was, saw him was in Raising Arizona. Yeah. All right. That's the first thing I ever saw him in. I don't even know what the so, first thing was I recall seeing him in was. Maybe Dick yeah. Tracy? It's Flat Top? Yeah, I do recognize him as Flat Top. That's, that's where I would say, yeah. That might have been the first that was a thing. Cool part. I like that movie. Oh, that I do too. Movie. That's yeah. one That's one in my wheelhouse of childhood you know, nostalgic movies. Yeah. It's it's in there. I remember uh, Grandma. She took me to theater actually, and uh, uh, we went and seen that. That was cool. That was a fun yeah. movie. That yeah. was a fun theater movie for me as a kid. You know, sometime we should discuss our top childhood nostalgic movie memories. Like, cause mm. I think I've done that a couple times already with this and with uh, Return to Oz. I mean, those were two that yeah. uh, struck a nerve with me as a kid and like shaped me. Like those were movies that that story resonated mm-hmm. enough with me that like you know somehow it influenced me in life. Yeah. So. No, I hear you, man. I agree with you 100% because I didn't realize, I mean, obviously when we did Return to Oz episode one almost mm. a year ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't realize until we started talking about it and re-watching it and taking notes on it, like how much I remembered of that movie and how much it affected me mm-hmm. and how it affected how I approach future viewings of different movies. Yeah. It's interesting. That's Certain a great point, things man. Have a different perspective from an impressionable young mind too than what you you look at things differently. Or, yeah. I mean, like music today. I mean, yeah. you hate it, right? <laughs> oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. It. Yeah, it's awful. No, you're in not mo- wrong. In movies today, I am super fucking selective on what I watch. I'm really, I really try hard though to accept movies because I like movies. I hear you, and and that's where I'm at too. Also, because like it's just like. Oh, I'm a sucker, man. This is yeah. uh, hook, line, and sinker, man. Yeah. Every time, you know. But with music, it's a. You guys are less forgiving about remakes than me, though. If there's a remake of something that's I hate true remakes, to your I heart, I'm selective. I'm yeah, very well, selective on it. You're because you're protective of your, you know, love of the first, and yeah, I right. get it. Yeah, but you never I, forget like, your first. <laughs> I forgive it because I love something so much. I want to see another perspective on it, just because. I hear you on that, available. but it, it depends. Do you guys have a favorite remake of all time? The Thing. Good one. Sure, that's the easy answer. I don't know if... uh... I would say, me personally, uh, Scarface. Another easy answer, yeah. yeah. No, really, I mean, I guess it is easy. But but because the the original releases of both of those movies were nowhere near as good as Scarface. It was good. It was a nice little gangster movie. I've never seen the original. It was was like, what, 30? It was in the 30s, right? 32. It was a whole different treatment I for the time period. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong on that, actually. But it's in the okay. 30s. Yeah, it was a, but I'm back to William Forsyth real yeah. quick. Just fun fact from the mayor. My first convention oh, yeah. guest I ever That's met. Right. So, yeah, that was really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah, some fun that was your too. first one. That's right. It was. You were there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I took the picture. You took pictures. I took the fucking picture. <laughs> I took the picture. <laughs> he was pretty lighthearted accepting of the fact that yeah, he plays a good dickhead in the movie. I mean, he does. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Namely Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. 
says the story revolves around an extremely valuable piece of information worth losing life and limb over that's stored in this Atari was it fifty two hundred cartridge? 5, yeah. Who the fuck had a fifty two hundred? I didn't. Twenty six hundred. I didn't either. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit Atari. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't have any friends with it and I've never played it, so and we'll, we'll, <laughs> No friend of we'll mine. Get to it, but this game is bogus <laughs> anyway, so and our hero Davy faces the underlying trauma of a young boy dealing with the loss of his mother and trying to find that part of himself that's been lost, while avoiding the bond his father seeks desperately to reconnect with. This is a pure and wholesome 80s classic that stands out from the pack by taking some risks and filming some edgy themes that hadn't been explored at this time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, murder. Absolutely. Children. Yeah, there's... Killing people. You know? Yeah. Because of guns. That was, yeah. I was like, oh shit. They went there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely <laughs> did. All right, so moving into our uh, behind-the-scenes, did-you-know section here. August 8th to October 7th of 1983 was the time frame of the principal photography, and San Antonio, Texas was chosen as the main filming location because that was Henry Thomas's hometown. So nice. obviously with the child labor laws, uh, you know, they were able to maximize their, uh, their time with the kid. Mm. Smart. Makes yeah. sense. And it's a good place to film, obviously. I mean, you got to see a lot of stuff here. So, With the uh, the scenes of the exterior of the Alamo, that was actually filmed on location. And the actual footage of the Alamo entrance at the East Plaza. And this is actually kind of interesting because the Alamo, which is a church, is considered a shrine. And it's typically not allowed to be filmed. And uh, the tour scene of the Alamo that's inside... That has actually been that was recreated, I think, on a Universal studio. And I'll tell you, um, so they can only film the outside shots, right? Right. And even the outside shots, that's uncommon. Right. That doesn't happen very often. This is hmm. kind of like the Taj Mahal, isn't it? Like they they aren't supposed to take pictures and stuff of the outside right. of it, but they do. Yeah. Hmm. But and you never see anything on the inside. And Ozzy Osbourne pissed on it. On the Alamo? not the Taj Mahal. Yeah. yeah. No, not the Taj Mahal. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean. <laughs> It'd have been a funny story. <laughs> I don't mean to be awesome. I mean, no, it's, it's a, I mean, Alamo. it's a That's funny something. story. Oh, no, it's a funny story. Yeah. I, again, I don't think of the Alamo as a sacred church as much as I picture it as a you know battle attraction, yeah, place from olden day. Yep. The Gamekeeper, which is the video game store, that's a. Uh, in Glendale, California, it is actually a shop that you can go shop at and stuff. Um, but it's not far from Universal Studios, so it made it pretty ideal to shoot right. there and everything. Um, yeah. That's where you, we see the William Forsyth character, Morris. Right. I was going to say, do they have a uh, replica Morris in their real store? That <laughs> I'm not sure. Just dresses actually. up like him. I mean, you know, a doppelganger. That store is pretty badass, actually. Huh? There's all kinds of cool you know, posters. You know, in the movie, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of cool little posters throughout. Yeah. There's no, an ET poster. It's still um, there. Huh? You're saying yeah, it's, there's a, it's an actual shop. Yeah, that's cool. But in the movie, you know, they had a ET poster up in the background and everything. I and of course, that. you know, ET in the Atari game oh, yeah. is you know it's considered the worst game in history. And <laughs> it was there's like millions of them buried in the desert in Nevada. Oh yeah. Um, what? Yeah, dude. Yeah, tons of them. Yeah, no, that's a notorious story. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Care yeah. to elaborate? Because I I know oh, okay. nothing so about it. Oh, okay. So ET sucks. The, the Atari yeah. game is I, I know terrible. that. Okay. Um, it's it's an unplayable game. You know. So, so th- there's this part where I think it, Elliot or, or ET he falls down. He's trying to find pick up Reese pieces. 
Okay. You know, the candies, and he leads down a tree or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it falls really down, and you can't get back out. It, it's impossible to get back out. It may have been so, the first time it, as a child I used the word fuck. <laughs> loud. It's like, this so you just, like, fall stupid. down, like, in this yeah. pit, and, and you, can't you just out. can't, and that's it? Yeah, that's it. It's an unplayable game. It's fucking can, stupid. And you can't <laughs> avoid it? Well, you can, but, I mean, it, it's very hard to. It, shit, it, it's just really impossible. And we've never figured wow. out what comes next if you don't fall in it. So. Right. Wow. It's like okay, so I'm not sure if anybody's beat it. I'm sure there have been people to beat it. but Okay, so uh, elaborate more on this whole, like, buried in the desert in Nevada. Like, what was... Oh, okay, so there's, like, a massive surplus. There, There's more E.T. games than there were Ataris. They thought this shit was going to fly off the shelves with yeah. pancakes. And okay. After everybody figured but out it sucked, they were telling their friends. They and sunny. they made too much. Too many yeah. of them. Okay. They had so many of them, they'd end up just burying like two million copies in the desert. And it turned sure. into a legend. Yeah. And they eventually have There's a documentary a about them yeah. recovering the They They games. found some of the, of the cartridges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know nothing about... Wow, yeah, this man. is fascinating. Yeah. Do you, do you guys know what this what it's called the documentary is called like if it's if you just look anywhere? up the ET yeah, ET document ET Atari game documentary. documentary yeah I'm sure you'll find, you'll find it. it wow I I know absolutely yeah, dick about this huh. that is so funny. interesting yeah well I know what I'm gonna be looking up <laughs> here tomorrow check it yeah, out it's man. a cool little yeah the game sucks yeah we actually have the game right here you yeah. know right here in this yeah right there it is my little Boom. end labels peeled off. Ah, Minus two. Is it? Yeah, on the top. I've got the front, the face. My front's picture, fine, but I don't the have the top. end label. The okay, ET, I do have mine, but it's bent and oh, it's, it's little, starting yeah, to fall yeah, off. I'm thinking about um, another look. Yeah, I'm thinking about gluing it down there and you stuff. Go. So. You don't put a piece of tape across the no. like we did with kids because that shit's more important than that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, now that you know they buried. So yeah, they're, 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 yeah. There's actually a limited supply now of them. <laughs> hey, baby, let's get. There's, to I'm Vegas. sure, on eBay at any time. Probably you can find ET tapes dug the up from the dig, game. from the big dig. You know, like on right. eBay with like a special price because it's a with a dirt smudge. It's on a it legend for authenticity. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so that is fascinating. Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. The cloak and dagger game screens in this film are mostly from the arcade version and not the Atari 5200 uh, game console that had appeared in the film. Meaning, they had they were still working on the game, I believe. Right. And it wasn't completely yeah, finished. Yeah, it wasn't completely finished. So. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, like that game, to me, looked awful. Oh, and yeah, I didn't have any desire to play it. That, that was a game I would have totally passed on as a kid. I don't know, I think I would have played a little bit of it. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Some of those levels were pretty cool, you know. The cutaway screen where the you know he's going up the elevator, you know that's yeah. kind of neat. But the actual gameplay, I'm like, mm. well, the gameplay like when Morris is playing, trying it, to grab the suitcase before his assassination, uh, alleged, it, alleged assassination. It looks like, like shit happened. It looks like conveyor belts <laughs> going around, and you got to run between you know the yeah. gap and the conveyor belts and grab a suitcase and escape without getting hit by. The, it's not bad. I don't know if they're conveyor and you belts, can shoot, but you know, you shoot yeah. your enemies. Yeah. So. It, I don't know. To it me, like for what. I that appealed to me as a kid at that time around this time that that didn't that didn't hit the mark for me though. Right on. Yeah. I hear you. That's just me. I like video games. I I really like old school video games. I Elevator huge... action's fun. That's kind of an Elevator old action. Game. I have that on NES. Yeah, that was a fun little game. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I've Jeez. got I've got like ninety three, ninety four, um, 
NES games. Nice. I almost have all the Mega Mans. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm missing five. Mega wow. Man five. I've got one through six. The, Minus five. The golden uh, grail for me is still River City Ransom. I've I don't got have that. that. I don't have that. That's I've got the that one. with a manual. Armor Planet. It's not valuable, valuable, but it's uh, it's one of the ones that cost you a little more even for a rough copy of it. So. Why is that? I'm curious. Do you know? Yeah, it was a... I don't know if it was widely released. It's some obscure. And it is a good... But it's a good game. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember playing it. It's yeah, like the side, first GTA game. It's a, it's, it's Side-scrolling. It, yeah, it's it pretty much the birth of... Didn't it have, like, on the cover, yeah. like, it was, like, a bunch of, like... It's, it has... It looks like, the, like somebody... There's, like, somebody like the cover in the background. Of the Warriors movie. Like it looks like Greasers. Yeah. 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 You know, Isn't there a guy yeah. like giving the, like not the finger but like the the no. fuck you with the, the arm? He's the flexing. Flex? Okay. Yeah. All right. He's flexing. Oh yeah, I know. I've totally played that game. Like you can go into a, like a diner and yeah. like get a smile yeah. for free. <laughs> yeah, it's like a <laughs> the sushi bar and everything. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. It's a fun little game. See video games, badass. Oh yeah, man. There were plans to release a 5200 version of the game. But it never happened due to the sale of Atari and the video game crash of 83. If it did, it'd end up in the desert oh, next yeah. to E.T. probably. Thank God Nintendo resurrected that shit. The oh, arcade yeah. version of uh, Cloak & Dagger came out in 83 prior to the release of the movie, though. And that's pretty much what we got the footage mm-hmm. from was the arcade right. version. So this video game crash of 83, which was known as the Atari Shock in Japan. Uh, it was this massive recession in the video game industry that went from 83 to 85, and it was mostly in the United States. And the crash that occurred was due to several factors, and I think it was something you already talked about with the E.T. games. Yeah. It was the oversaturation of the number of uh, games with the game consoles and the interest in console games being in favor of personal computers at the time. Yeah, the Commodore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Commodore 64. Well, yeah, I don't know. I had... Yeah, it's the Commodore computer. I had an IBM when I was little. IBM, yeah. Uh-huh. I had a... Hold on a second. Oh, my God. I'm losing it. Like SimCity. I had or... Sierra programs and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the King's Quests shit. and the Police King's, Quests. Yeah, and that. Leisure Suit Larry. Of course, I had... Wolf, Leisure Suit. <laughs> yeah, Leisure Suit Larry's the shit. <laughs> I had the original Wolfenstein 3D... Nice. I had a game called Scorched Earth, okay. which is badass. Yeah. You, you play uh, tanks. You are tanks, and you, um, if you win, you get so much money, and you can invest into your to upgrade your tank. Mm-hmm. You can end up nice. getting like nuclear bombs that bounce around on the screen and blow out just huge chunks of land, and that's how you destroy the other tanks and shit. And it's really cool because it's just an angular game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrain blocking the way to the t- to the other tanks. And it's pretty badass, man. You got to blow up the lands to get two other tanks. Okay, it's a good game, man. I used to like uh, Dune Two and they had Dune Two Thousand too. Those were PC games, right? And you would build a base and you know build barracks and heavy artillery factory, and then you'd start building turrets around and a wall around your base to defend it, and then you'd start moving out on your terrain and try to find the other people's base and kill it before they killed yours, basically. Hmm. And man, that was a fun shit little game. Yeah. I, I I can see why Atari crashed, you know, because but the games computer got games at that time, man, were really fun. You yeah, SimCity, Prince of Persia. Nah, that shit happened later on. Oh, okay. Well, SimCity. I'm moving ahead, but yeah, yeah, but I like playing Civilization. 
Civilization was cool, Civilization. yeah. I've yeah. probably played more of the sequels of that than you probably ever imagined. I know I, I played think I've tried them all. Two. Oh, I like Civilization. That was, that was a fun game. Yeah. Carl Butcher actually turned me yeah. on to that game, to be honest. Yeah. I like that. Now, mind a lot. you, I was playing these games when the internet wasn't even called the internet, I believe. It was called Prodigy. And it was like three or four sites. Like, you could check your mail, you could check the weather, you could oh, check shit. news, and then, like, something else. And that was it. I mean, it, Prodigy. Oh. I don't know if you guys wow, know, hitchhikers, you know, yeah, check that shit out. But that's when that's when I was playing these. That games. is old school. Shit, I remember writing a uh, DOS game one time for my book. I mean, I just copied right. and pasted, you know, copied and typed what the book told me as programming <laughs> to make my game work. And it took me like all day, and I played my game for a couple minutes and said, "That's fucking stupid." And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you, but it worked. But I you made, made a thing. Yeah, I made a thing. And I was proud of myself <laughs> that day. That's oh, as old yeah. as my computer knowledge goes back. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But just to put into perspective, revenues peaked at $3.2 billion in 1983, and then it fell to almost $100 million by 85. Ooh, that, was a, that was a drop of 97%, almost 97%. The crash almost ruined the industry, and then it led to the bankruptcy of several companies. They started producing home computers and game consoles. And uh, the analysts of the time, they had their doubts about the long-term viability of the uh, video game consoles and the software. But, as you said, Lord, the North American video game console industry eventually recovered a few years later, in 1985, you, with the widespread success of the Nintendo, Nintendo Entertainment System. All hail Nintendo. All hail Nintendo. We're not worthy. <laughs> yeah, the first We're day on Christmas morning that I owned a Nintendo Entertainment System, <laughs> my yeah. day was mapped out. <laughs> I was to be playing fucking Super right Mario here. Brothers and Duck Hunt all afternoon. That's right. And I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and at day. bedtime, I'm going to be like, yo, Dad, I'm going to step just a little bit longer. Is that cool? No. <laughs> but I try. You got to go to bed because I want to play too. Debney Coleman said that he did not get along well with uh, Richard Franklin. Did you know anything about this? I don't know. Debney Coleman seems like a really nice guy. I mean, I could see him being stressed. You think he'd be he's, uh, Malcolm McDowell? I mean, I've seen him in 95. <laughs> Stress or, no, you know, no, on the McDowell like scale. Right. More like the uh, Winnebago Man. You guys look at that documentary sometime. The Winnebago Man. It's a documentary about the old uh, mustache Dabney Coleman looking uh, advertiser for Winnebago. Uh, mm. RVs back in the 80s. Uh, there is a fucking hilarious documentary on it. I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. But, uh, or it used to be. You can probably YouTube it. Anyway, he uh, is just all these outtakes of him from this commercial where he's getting pissed off at the RV. This fucking stupid ass thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dabney. It's really? not Dabney Coleman, but it oh, looks like okay. him. Okay, alright. It looks like him. So I just you know, think oh, of wow. that kind of character. That's Dabney hilarious. Coleman. You'd have to see it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, man. Yeah, I, I see him being a stubborn, fussy riches. I could see him, yeah, just getting no shit to take. For Is that. Hal Osborne? Yes. Is Jack Flack? Okay, yeah. No, well, nah, man, he's cool. Yeah, no, you're he right. He's as cool as the other side of the pillow. And the dad is, too. I mean... You know, he's a good dad. He's a dad. good dad. He's a good dad. He's patient with his son. He is. Yeah. He's yeah. a good dad. 
He doesn't understand video games. No, he doesn't want to try to. No. no. But you're not wrong. This older people, you know... Older people, when video games were first being invented, saw, like, no value to video games, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, the shit was just rotting children's brains. Right, yeah, even further than just watching TV, yeah. Right. Yep. Because they're more it, interested in video games than there was the Olympics that year, you know? Oh, because, yeah, that, yeah, well, this that was, was the plan. Well, yeah. This was released thinking that uh, during the opening part of the uh, 84 Olympic season... The kids aren't interested in Olympics and sports, so they'll go to see this movie, you know, build with a double double right. feature, and uh, didn't really gain that target audience like it should have. So, and wasn't that why they had a second full release date? Was that why? Because they didn't perform well the first I mean, time. I, I reckon so. I mean, okay. I don't know why they thought hmm. it should perform better on time. I'm not sure I if know. I read that Could correctly or not, but between the mystery of the budget and that. Yeah, the budget unknown. blows my freaking mind. These, these little facts, they would be helpful to know. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, Henry Thomas is running around, Davy, trying to get away from these spies. You know, he's, he keeps telling people nobody believes the damn kid, you know. Mm. With this cloak and dagger tape that he's got, well, tape. I don't know why they call oh, it yeah. tape. It's That's so dumb. interesting. So dumb. It's, I, it, it's really because, you know, they haven't. It hadn't been around long enough yet to develop, I guess, the name of Cartridge. I mean, I guess. That's kind of what I read. Like, it was, it, it was, it was soon, it was so new. Right. And I think the stuff. little girl says Cartridge. Somebody calls it a Cartridge in the show, yeah. in the movie, but, yeah. You mean a tape? Yeah, no. No, they called it a Cartridge. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. The microfilm? Yeah, the microfilm. <laughs> Where is the microfilm? <laughs> The microfilm. Tim <laughs> <laughs> oh. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Henry Thomas is being chased by these spies. This right. has got this special cloak and dagger cartridge yeah. video game that um, has got some secret information about a stealth bomber, invisible bomber, which is pretty badass. Oh, yeah. That's some like X-Men shit right there. Oh man, yeah, when the stealth bomber was yeah. still like fresh information, we were all to see what that looked like. Well, and it was all like, oh, that's not real. That's not real, man. Fucking, yeah, nobody believes They're making it shit. up. I don't yeah. believe it. No yeah. We didn't have the internet then. It was... Uh, right. Your buddy showed you a picture of one or something. Right. Oh, shit. It's, it's all on who you trusted. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and these spies are trying to get this cartridge so they can sell it to relay it to these this person, who whoever their contact is. And in the movie, you know, they're being chased and he gets to a riverboat scene... Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this like old couple, and they're like oh, catering to him and trying to mm-hmm. hide him from the bad men and everything like that. And but they turned out to be the actual the contact for the for the spies, which is a good little twist. Mm-hmm. She's got three freaking fingers. It's... That was really gruesome, dude. That was really oh really yeah, they did a good job shooting that. That was cool, like. When, when I I, 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 seen knew, that, I was like Damn. I knew when they got him in the car mm-hmm. I knew that's right. when I was like yeah because I, I will be honest yeah. I wasn't sure right like all right well is it you're not sure about much in this movie yeah you know, you're because, not but at that moment I was crazy? like as a child it was completely shocking to me yeah yeah there was oh, no yeah. no well, you know this I had no prior knowledge and I was like what I <laughs> right. No yeah, you get this grandmotherly like type figure, you yeah. know. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
But the the old couple, they're played by John McIntyre and Jeanette Nolan. Um, yeah. You guys mm-hmm. know of them. They mm-hmm. are um, psycho celebrity. There's a lot of homage and tribute to um, Hitchcock in this movie. And a little bit. Easter eggs okay. spread around, you know, especially with these with these uh, this couple here. John McIntyre, obviously, he was the sheriff in Psycho. Yep. And who was Jeanette Nolan? Who she, she well, she was actually uncredited as uh, the voice of Norma Bates. Yeah. Ah, okay. Right. There you go. Right on. So, which is really, I mean. It's an important part Very because, like, the, I don't know. Even I, the end, I know, remember. The ending, I remember you know? exactly. I remember that voice. Oh yeah, like it you know? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, there were moments in that's really badass. It was, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, that's one of the best fucking finishes to a movie I think yeah. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's for another day. But it's really cool that they got these two together. Yeah, well, to and, be the uh, the contact and the the true enemy. Did you know they were actually they were married? Yeah, that's a couple. couple. Oh, really? They yeah. were married, nice. real life. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, right on. Yeah. Whenever Mister McCready, he was starting to get like all worked up, and she's like, "Oh, now you just calm down." Like it just seemed it worked. It was so they're natural. a likable couple. Yes, yeah. yes. You like them, especially that's from the child's eyes. That is who you Until want to be your grandparents. Right? Until that's why, Until. That, that's why that shock, man. Yes, like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. No, it's totally but that's cool, cool. You know that they were in Psycho. Richard no Franklin directed Psycho Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Holland wrote Psycho Two. Yes, he did. Yeah, wrote Psycho Two, and yeah. Henry Thomas, Thomas was, in, was in Four. And he was in Four. Yep. There you go, man. He was that's in, crazy. He played Norman Bates. I mean, we got all the Psycho sequels yeah, minus the remake and Part Three. We got them covered in this. Oddly this is enough, clearly a love letter to Hitchcock. Oh, absolutely! And, and With the yes, yeah, I it is absolutely. Uh, but speaking of Tom Holland, uh, this movie and Scream for Help, they were both released in '84, uh, were the final screenplays that Tom Holland wrote before he finally decided to take the director's chair, mm-hmm. and he directed Fright Night right. in '85. The thing that's kind of interesting about these movie, all three of these movies, is they're pretty much the same plot. It's a juvenile discovers that their life is in danger, and nobody that is an adult yeah, or authority yeah. they believe them. Right, child's play. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, go even further. Yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. No, I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Damn, that's crazy. I never, I never made that connection. Now until now. That's awesome, dude. Yep, and we got to meet him Tom a couple Holland. years back. Yeah, we did, we got to, that yeah. was cool. He he was, oh, man. Honestly, he's one I of got those some questions for him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah, and it's funny that you say After that because this movie. <laughs> yeah, because like when I was like Tom Holland wrote, like, is it the same? Like, son of a bitch, it is. God damn it! Like, why didn't I know this before? Right. You right. know. <laughs> yep. Well, does anybody have anything else here with the behind the scenes or did you knows before we go into the movie discussion? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I got some shit. Mm-hmm. I got some knowledge for you guys. Well, spread it. So, in the movie, there's, there's a cop that's pretty much the, the the one cop that shows up in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's played by Robert Duque, I think that's how you say Duque, his name. Duque, Duque, yeah. Duque. Sure, it works. Sure, why not? I'll allow it. But um, he he was the uh, he was Sergeant Reed in the RoboCop movies. 
Oh, yes, he's, yes! He's Sergeant Reed. Right. Yeah. And he was also right. in, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Walking Tall, the originals, not The Rock. Piece of shit remake. <laughs> Another remake that went to fucking hell. Right. You know, they should have never even touched it. But if you remember... So that's the same seen, guy, yeah. Ever okay. seen I'm, Walking I'm, Tall? Yep. Well, part two. Did you ever watch that? I didn't watch part two. I just watched the first original one. Well, he was. He also played Buford Pusser's second in command in the in the uh, sheriff department. In the sheriff's department. Huh. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, he was in those movies. I definitely picked up. You know, like oh, he he was a Robocop. Yeah, he yeah. was a Robocop. Yep. Also, when Davy is going through the da- like downtown, he's trying to find the taxis to take him to the airport. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the first guy he goes up to, did you, have you guys, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, uh. I did. He was, it's, uh, Louis Anderson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that He was like, piss off, get her, I don't think he didn't say piss off, but yeah, he, uh. It was a short spot, yeah. Very brief. Yeah, very, very very brief. But that was Louis Anderson. Okay. Just like William Forsyth, I immediately was like, oh, Louis Anderson. Right there. <laughs> yeah, for me, Louis Anderson is like, easily <laughs> identifiable for me. With the more voice, so, the look, the yeah, gap more in so the than William Forsyth, yes. but still, yes. I still take both I of them. I agree. Fair I'm gonna, enough. I'm going to piggyback off what you got here. And right. uh, the cabbie that took Davey to the airport, do you all know who that was? I do not, actually. I didn't, I didn't no. That was Nicholas Guest. I think he was in Puppet Master 4 or 5, and he's Christopher Guest's brother, who, uh, he was Nigel in This is Spinal Tap. He also directed a bunch of the mockumentaries. Oh, really? Uh, what was it? Uh, Best in Show, For Your Consideration, The Mighty Wind. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that, man. Shit. Do you know who Christopher Guest is married to? No. Lance Guest. <laughs> what a twist good guess <laughs> no here's my other Halloween connection <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis that's why I went with last guest hmm. oh yeah yep. right. right on cool yep. that's awesome and before that he actually tried to get on a bus right yeah that's right yeah he did yeah he tried to get on the bus did he do you recognize the bus driver no I didn't this is my <laughs> this is my golden nugget of Halloween info oh, right shit, here. Matt's about to show us his golden nugget oh, again. <laughs> Hold Tired on to your butts. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Alright, I'll zero in Halloween 4. You got me. You don't know who he is in Halloween 4? I don't. Earl. The fucking... Bar owner. They cut down poor Ted Hollister. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Really? Shit. Okay. I should have named that. Yeah, I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> you should God, definitely name that. Fuck it. <clears throat> Can't win them all. Yeah, that's right. Good job there, Mayor. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your <laughs> applause until I'm done. I got two more. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> during during the riverboat uh, ride scene when Davey, he's buying his ticket. Okay. Did you pay attention to the sound effects with the register? I did. You know what? That was Pink Floyd. You're damn right it that, was. That's money. That's money, man. It that is. was definitely Pink Floyd. Because <laughs> I, because when I was watching it, I was holding, I was watching my kid, and I was just, and I was just watching, it, and, and I and I looked over to my radio. Holy shit! And I thought I was like, what the fuck? Did money just come on or some shit? And I was like, he just bought something. Hey. <laughs> 
That's pretty badass. That's yeah. a nice pickup, yeah. man. Nice, nice pickup, Lord. Catch that. Yeah, nice pickup, man. And for the gold. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> He's go for play this gold nugget already. I'm gonna go for silver here. Go for myrrh. We have a Jason Voorhees that did stunts in this. Anybody know who it was? Take a guess. Take a random stat. CJ Graham. Nope. Steve Dash. Nope. Old man Ted White. Really? Oh, jeez. So I would dare to say he probably was a double for Dabney. Right on, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Running scenes. That's what I got. It's either that or it's when he was walking out of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that was totally Terminator, man. <laughs> But anyway. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I've met Ted White, and I did not know yeah. that he was... Okay. That's awesome. He doesn't advertise it well on his uh, little banner behind him at the conventions. Club and Dagger's not really up there. He is a modest guy. I suppose so, yeah. He, he strikes me as that. Right. So here's something I want to bring up uh, before we get too far. Davey has a real-life imaginary friend who... He obviously wants to be his dad. Right. By like, portray as he portrays. Yeah. You know, we've got the, we've got a character that's that's he's basically split on the you know, he's the good and evil version of himself, maybe I suppose, but see I kinda got the vibe that is Jack Flack Davy's alter ego, or is he this projection of what he wants his dad to be, like you're talking that's, about. Yeah, that's kinda I kinda right. got the vibe partway through the movie that I feel like that's who he wanted to be. Okay. Uh, to okay. a point. I think you guys are both correct because I, I agree with you, Matt, right there, but subconsciously, I agree with the king, you know? Sure. So subconsciously, he yeah. really wants it to be his dad, you know? To right. To be his hero, to be his you know, partner in crime. Right, and that's where it ends shit. up. Right. And obviously with them, I mean, it's it's Dabney Coleman, both right. roles. I mean, yeah. It's it's a layup for that, but I did to a certain point in the movie. I don't know. I kind of thought maybe this is who Davy wanted to be instead of it being his dad, and he just put his dad as that because right, he's okay. his father yeah, and yeah. he's an adult, yeah. and yeah. that works. I don't know. Okay, yeah. that's, that's a good perspective. Well, I mean, he you know, but clearly there was a, a change, you know. Right. And obviously, I mean, it was one of those. As an adult, you see the yeah. This is what's going to happen. Well, once you commit murder, yeah, you, know, you kind of don't want to. You, yeah, you're done playing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's time to put away childish things. <laughs> yeah, well, but because uh, he just killed somebody, and you can make the argument it was self defense, but it's almost like you know that having that one bad friend that you just from the wrong side of the tracks, and it did just honestly it, that's. What Jack kind of almost presented himself as to me towards <laughs> the the later part right. of the movie, yeah, like almost daring like, him, like just guiding him in a way, yeah. But it was playful in a way, but as the end, it was like, hey, we gotta we gotta take grab that, this. Get grab this that gun, yes. grab the gun, shoot him, <laughs> yeah, finish him, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean... Was he a bad influence? Yeah, man. He made him commit murder. His mind got too... Into he, the situation. But he was in danger. You know, it was self-defense. Yeah, it was, you know, shoot... You know, yeah. 
shoot, shoot, shoot or be killed, you know. The devil angel playing, you know, each ear and him listening to the wrong one, do it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It goes wrong. But he's got a traumatic loss of his mother, too, and this is partly what's fed this imaginary character, too, is the yeah. trauma that, you know, a kid losing his mother at that age might experience. Right. You know. That's the thing that I thought that really went unsaid, obviously, that it didn't follow the flow of the story, but... I thought this was an interesting commentary on the childhood trauma of losing a parent mm. and with having hallucinations and delusions. And uh, just brace yourselves. I kind of did a little bit of research and looked up some medical stuff, so be prepared. Uh, according <laughs> to... Mayor DDS. MD. Uh, but according to an article from The Guardian by Vaughn Bell in 2015... Childhood hallucinations are much more common than we once believed. Hallucinations are perception-like experiences that occur without external stimulus. Recent studies have shown that there are some surprising statistics about how common this is. One United Kingdom study found that almost two-thirds of children reported having at least a, one psychotic-like experience in their lives, <laughs> which is a category that also includes unshiftable and unrealistic beliefs and fears. When focusing purely on hallucinations, a review of this research found that 17% of 9 to 12 year olds have these experiences at any one time. This number roughly drops in teenagers and drops again in adults. Right. Childhood hallucinations are often sparked by life stresses. For example, loss of a parent. Right. And Poor sleep, periods of low mood that fade with difficult situations, they also fall in line with this. So, that's hallucinations. Delusions. Here's the definition. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you. Just hold tight. Love. Hold on, shit, man. I gotta get a snack. <laughs> Hitchhikers, if you just want to skip ahead about 40 seconds here. Go get you a sandwich. Yeah. The definition of delusions is that they are fixed beliefs that are not amenable in, to change in light of conflicting evidence. There are five subtypes of delusion disorder. There's aromatic, grandiose, jealous, persecutory, and somatic types. With the bargain basement research I did, uh, of, I these, <laughs> of these, I feel the best that fits Davy's situation is persecutory which the central theme of this delusion involves the individual's belief that he or she is being conspired against, cheated, spied on, followed, poisoned, or drugged, paranoid, uh, maliciously maligned, harassed, or obstructed, obstructed in the pursuit of long-term goals. So, paranoid. given all this knowledge I just dropped on y'all, I'm curious... Like this. <laughs> I'm curious what you guys think. Was Davey hallucinating... Was he having delusions, or did he just have an extremely overreact, overactive imagination to escape his reality? I mean, I'm going to guess overactive imagination. That's where I'd fall as well. Okay. I do. I have to agree with you guys. Even though... You have to. No. Have to. If you want to be cool, you can find other ways, but go ahead. I mean, I have plenty of stuff that would support me feeling otherwise but right. oh, sure i uh i have to agree with you guys i think because yeah. of my personal beliefs okay 
But you say so. if I was trying to force a narrative, either one <laughs> of these are easy ones to fall under. These are big oh, umbrellas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm sure some of our listeners will fall on that side. Yeah. No, and that's Don't fine. <laughs> it's subjective. Right. It sure is, yeah. You know? But I thought it was a really interesting, really fascinating, honestly, aspect about this movie that was never really addressed. Right. And, I don't know, I I felt it was worth bringing up and uh, well, that's discussing. Certainly a new insight. Uh, again, I've, I've met individuals that, you know, are kind of like this, delusional and stuff. And I'm not going to put their business out there, but I mean, you know, I've... I've played into conversation with them just for entertainment purposes. Like, you know, yeah, so when you built that time machine, what year did you go to? And, I mean, you know, I've had this, like, conversation where they're like, well, you know, and they explain, and just as if they've already, you know, thought this out in their head, what year they traveled to, and just random conversation. I don't know if that's wrong with me. I mean, I'm just participating in an engagement of conversation that they're interested in because they believe their delusions, so. I'm not really hurting anything. I'm just enjoying it for my entertainment, I guess. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like the fact that you're engaging with him, yeah. I, I think that's what matters most because I, sure. I feel people... Because they're, they're outcasts. They're, and, yeah, they're pushed off so. to the side and they're cast away and, and often I never forgotten give on, about. I never so. give on that you know, I'm Making being satirical fun. in my conversation yeah, so they don't fun. feel no. like, yeah, they don't feel like it's... It's not their fault. Yeah, as far as I know, I'm like genuinely interested in where they time travel to, and and that's pretty fucking cool, man. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, dude. Hey, you gotta do what that's you cool. gotta do. So this is a, another classic '80s movie that brings the Cold War era into it, and yeah, you know, there's so many movies in the '80s that had spying, espionage. Yeah, just that um, yeah. U.S. of A. Yeah, versus yeah. Mother Russia. That's right, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. War Games, Red Dawn. Yes. Hulk Hogan versus Nikolai Volkov. You're damn right. <laughs> and the Iron Sheik is not far behind, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No one fucks with the Sheik. <laughs> Sheiky baby. <laughs> yeah, this uh, movie, you know, picks right up with it, you know. It's, it, it's pretty cool. I like it. Rocky it's Four. That was Rocky good, Four. Uh, that yeah, was there you go. That's one. Rocky Four. Spies it's, like us. Oh yeah. I'll allow it. I'll allow yeah, it. I mean, that's like a funny cool. movie, but um, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it. Now I visited uh, San Antonio. Oh gosh, it's been 15 years ago. It's been a minute, but I remember it clearly. Like the the things I wanted to see. I didn't even realize when I went to the uh, the little Japanese gardens mm-hmm. that's by the zoo. The San Antonio Zoo is right next to it. And that gardens, I went through that whole thing. Then I rewatched the movie, not realizing that part was in it, and was blown away. I was like, holy shit, I was just, you know, huh. at that garden. It's really a neat location that oh, yeah. I didn't realize when I visited it what I was standing in. And yeah. I watched this movie as a child. I just forgot the details of that location. So that was kind of cool for me. But in the Alamo, you know, it's the Alamo. And but some of the buildings you see on the river walk. It's just the Alamo. <laughs> there's that there's that octagonal shaped building that's maybe one of the tallest buildings in San Antonio, but you see it right off the river walk and they explain it to you and Yeah. There's some history with it and David Robinson. Walking the boardwalk's cool, man, because I don't know if everybody's Riverwalk. Yeah, the Riverwalk. What am I calling? Boardwalk. Boardwalk. Okay, the Riverwalk, yeah. Uh 
I bought a beer at a you know little restaurant stand there, an open air restaurant stand, and walked around river walk with my beer felt proud of myself you know because i was out in public amongst normal people drinking a beer and it was no problem because in texas that's a that's legal yeah Hell yeah oh that's cool it's a fun moment in the king's life you can drink in public huh yes it's all yeah. cool yeah. it's one of those like what's all don't mess with texas it's one of those <laughs> they told them when the rest of the country was passing these laws texas don't mess like, with texas don't mess with texas <laughs> leave that shit alone <laughs> we like drinking out in public <laughs> Well, good for him. I actually have a fair amount of personal nostalgia with this movie because I lived in San Antonio from 84 to 89, which was right after they filmed this movie. And where he's Davey's trying to do the switch with Rice, yeah. and, and you see the sticker on the back, and it says Windsor Park Mall in San Antonio. That's the first mall I've ever been to in my life. Really? That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I remember, I remember that place, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, with the Riverwalk. I mean, I love that place. That place was beautiful. It really was. I mean, we went there. You couldn't drink beer at your age. Well, no, no. I was like (laughs) five, six years old. But we went there pretty frequently. But we didn't usually ride the boat rides. Mm -hmm. I think maybe we did it. You know, a couple times. I think. Do you remember if your uh, your boat guide was like a a goofy, quirky type comedian as he took you down the river and explained these things? Yeah, I don't. Nope. Okay, because mine was, and I remember. I mean, he was over the top, you know, with Baby a comedy Mayor, act. I don't remember. <laughs> comedy act during this ride, which made it really more enjoyable. Really? Yeah, just uh, making fun of that. different things. Like, he was really. Well, I don't know if I had. I just. I don't recall anything. No, that's all right. I, just I just wondered if that was a regular thing that has been happening for a long time or if this guy just had his own little comedy nah, skit that he did. But he did a good job. I think he got lucky. Maybe, maybe. He knew you were from out of town. Oh, I think he knew everybody in the boat was, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we did go there pretty frequently. and I mean, it was basically, it's just like an outlet mall with a mm. fucking river running down the middle of it. Sure. That's pretty sweet. You man. know. That's awesome. And it's just right down in downtown San Antonio. Huh. You know. With open air restaurants all around. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time, I mean, there were restaurants, the but there. it was, I mean, I'm talking, I mean, literally, like... From 84 or 89. I mean, this was, jeez. They had a Dick's a there when we ago. were there, and that was one of my first experiences seeing in oh, a Dick's restaurant yeah, because Dick's it was an open-air section of the restaurant where there was all kinds of people with their pointy you know, hats on and we're oh. riding by on our boat and some Dumb assholes ass. got you know, a really derogatory comment on the head. Fat fucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, know, my gosh. Distance. That's so funny. But, uh, you know, that is exactly the way I remember the Alamo. Do you, do you see what yeah, I just I, did? Yeah, yeah I know. All right. I don't remember the element. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you did. Yeah, <laughs> for, but from where I was a kid, like that's yeah, that there it is. Yeah, that's that's how it was, and I, and I'll tell you, and this is a huge, this is a massive credit to the uh, set designers on the movie because the interior mm-hmm. scenes that they have, I mean, you can't tell it's not n- ser- no, yeah. not I, I mean seriously, I mean like it. They did their homework. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I've never been to San Antonio. Sold me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have the gift shop part, but, you know, you've seen, you've seen enough of the inside. You're like, yeah, that looks about right. right. Yeah. It checks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yep. Ah, uh, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, airport security was oh, LAX. <laughs> and I'm not talking yeah. about the airport. I'm no. saying lax. 
boy oh boy yeah the little girl just walks in carrying a freaking a bomb I mean yeah in her backpack and it's beeping come on people (laughs) (laughs) you're not even trying yeah Come on, guys. You know, I mean, so, yeah. I understand this was pre 9 11. Yeah, this is definitely pre 9 11. It could have been just a handheld game going off in her backpack. You I know? guess, yeah. Yeah. yeah Tiger man, Electronics. Today. But, there's, but there, that's society, not the only that's thing, though. There's more. Oh, yeah. This movie had it all, man. It, like, Elliot. Or, Elliot. God damn it. No, you're right. Davey. Yeah, Elliot. Know, whatever. <laughs> Elliot, Davey. He was carrying a toy gun around just freely in public areas. Yeah, and, and right. in corporate yeah. office. That didn't have the orange cap on it. You know, this real gun, you yep. know, looking... Security guard I is aware of it. it was Not even stressed. Yeah. Just kind of like, but to be honest, dude, you know... <laughs> kids. Yeah. I mean, you did too. You did. I did. I never... I carried around guns, you know, and played Not outside. There. Not out in public. Right, like, yes. Guess, downtown. Yeah. And shit yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't have carried one in the hills. <clears throat> you know, kids wandering around fucking town by themselves, you know... Yeah, going to going to airports at nine, ten, or at midnight. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's, With no questions asked. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All the talk of you know kids killing, ki- killing kids and kids killing people and all that shit. Dude, it's. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was the subject in this movie that really shocked me as much as it was because like it wasn't even yeah. like Absolutely. oh we're just going to glaze over it and just imply it no we're going to talk yeah. about it yeah yeah this movie pushed a little bit of the envelope yeah a little bit, so. question would this have been a PG-13 movie if mm. PG-13 oh. was a rating at that time hmm I don't think it would have been I don't think been, it would have either but yeah. I think it's worthy of bringing up because, I mean, there's... It's controversial. Yeah, there's some shit in this movie that's... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like movies that push it a little bit. Oh, yeah. I love I love the envelope being pushed. Yeah. So what do you say, King? I mean, if this, would this have been a PG-13 movie if... I could see the argument for that. I mean, it's it's a thin line between those two, I suppose. But would you... And, and this is teetering on it. It's... I hear you. It could go either way for me. Nowadays, it would have. I think so. Nowadays, it would have. Yeah, PG-13 that's is like, I think PG for us is, like, that's the comparison. Yeah. yeah. Like, PG now, that's Disney, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's interesting. So, the score that Morris gets that ends up unlocking all the top secret plans, it's 1,329,542. And... I did not find any shred of relevance with that number, any significance, any hidden meaning, Easter egg yeah, at all. Just a number, and it was so disappointing. To be honest with you, Why? that was because I. There, not everything has to be a fucking like. I understand. Ark of the Covenant kind of like <laughs> recovery and shit, dude. You know. But it's so much it's better. Size that gold nugget. But it's so it's much better Dazzler. when it is. <laughs> it's a Bobby Dazzler here. Fuck it out. Oh, man. No, but it, it is. To me, it's so much better when there's, like, a little Easter egg. I don't know. I like that. I don't... That's... I don't know. Yeah. I get my jollies off with that. Okay, but anyways, well. <laughs> did it... In that scene, when he's, like, you know, unlocking all these plans and everything, did it appear to you that maybe he knew what he was looking at or what he did or not. Well, yeah, I mean, he was obviously playing the game to look for 
Yeah. What was wrong. And he's played the game before. So he's just going through the game to figure out, yeah. you know, to unlock whatever he saw in the back of the cartridge. Now, once he... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he can read. You know, it did say Invisible Bomber, all that shit. I mean, well, I'm meaning as far as if he was in on the espionage. Oh, no, no. I you didn't get any of that type of vibe. No, nothing like that. Did you? It made me question. It made me question it. Now you're getting paranoid. A little bit. Jesus Christ. Well, I see where you're going with that <laughs> thought process. But because know. you're going to turn into <laughs> flack here, man. Well, no, but seriously, because like even after his alleged demise, like until there was, you know, they're in the trunk together right. and everything, I halfway kind of expected the, there being appearance like, oh, you know, this was, you know, because he was the one that sent Davy on the first mission for the Twinkie right. and going to the, sep- you know, he was the... One after all, you know. Right. The catalyst for Right. Yeah. But until that moment in you know, with the in the I trunk get, scene where we thinking. But I, I was just curious about that. Because it, it made me question. No, I don't and, think, and I don't know, I don't maybe that was my natural gut reaction, just the type of uh, characters I'm familiar with William Forsyth excuse me, think, Bill Forsyth playing, you know. I think you wanted him to be <laughs> in a way. Because you like that shit, you know? Yeah. You want that meaning. You want him to be like a conspirator and shit. Oh, what a twist. You like twists, man. I do like <laughs> twists. But I'm okay with the way that played out, though, right, too. Yeah. I'm fine with it. It was cool. Yeah. Why did Rice and the guys still go after Davey after the cartridge switch was complete? Well, I know why, I figure. I mean, what do you think, Mayor? I mean, you got a reason? I questioned that also, and the only thing I could really come up with is just, I'm not going to get bested by a fucking kid. That's partly it, yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. You what can't you leave, any, leave any witnesses. Well, and they, only, and they saw yeah. him, you know. Or that's, he saw them, so he's okay. got to go. He's got to go. And that's that's kind of way I And then the too. little girl. Well, they didn't really you know. see him. It was, it was the It was the ball and had his name on it. That was the, that was the right. connection. So, okay. But yeah, dude. All right, okay. You gotta gotta tie up all the loose ends. Fair enough, okay. So, So at the end of this movie, Davey is being halted away by the old couple from Psycho. (laughs) (laughs) The McCready's. Yeah, the McCready's. And they're going, they're they're freaking hijacking a plane. Oh, man. It's badass. It's, It's cool, but it's a tough sell. For me, that this oh, elderly couple yeah. is like they're these in San Antonio. San Antonio, even in the eighties, was a huge city. Oh yeah, it was. Know? Well, yeah. that that airport looks very like I said, LAX wax. <laughs> I mean, but it was a different time too. Sure. I mean, this was yeah. nineteen eighty three. You know, but I mean, he's yeah. only got a six shooter. Yeah, I don't see him reloading, but it is a movie, you know. So he well, like, holds more than six shots, so. I guess. 12. How many yeah. shots did he fire? Seven times? Six times? I'm willing to shoot him oh, six times! <laughs> bullet count. <laughs> I need a bullet count. Fuck. I didn't Hold do, up. I did not do a no, bullet count either. for this. Ah, I, did I didn't not. either. I didn't so, either. Ah. I didn't figure it would have to. We no. failed you, hitchhikers. <laughs> we yeah. are so sorry. <laughs> we need a bullet count. <sighs> Shit. Hitchhikers, get us that bullet count in the airport. How about it? <laughs> No, but the, the old couple are hijacking the plane, and they're going to take him away. I think it's like Mexico City. 
or something like that. And, yeah, they're getting out of the they country. Get early in the country and yeah. shit. And the dad shows up and finally right. gets to play Cloak and Dagger with his son. And it's a very touching moment. And oh, yeah. It's great, you know. It's touching. It's, it's, it's cool it's because intense, It was cool too. because the scene before, once he kills the guy, Flack ends up dying. Right. Because he gets right. supposedly shot, which I don't understand that part of the movie. To be that honest. was odd. Did he see? Why was he shooting, you know, over there and shit? Do you got an answer for that, Dave? I mean, I mean one explanation that, could it, be that Davey is calling over to someone over there, and, he, and you know... Just reactory, just... Yeah, he's like, who's yeah. that, you know? Hair trigger. It's somebody that's a witness, you know? Right. But in Davey's eyes, you know, he took those bullets. Right. And he bled out and... Which was kind of cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, oh, shit. Right I was on. like, oh, we're doing I this. I was like, well, PG. at this point, like I said, you know, he's grown up. He's no longer a child. You gotta. He is. He reaches he's a murderer. Of, he, he's, well, he, he has killed somebody. He's not a murderer. He's just. He has killed somebody in self defense. He's hit manhood. Right. So he's no longer a kid. He's beaten the final boss in the game. <laughs> right. Well, not yet. The old couple are. Oh, well, okay. Actually, yeah. So. Well, the, the first. Which is kind of weird. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weak. But no, I, I kind of got like a pre Toy Story vibe with that whole sequence with. Jack Flack dying. Sure, yeah. In a way, you know, it's kind of like that growing up and yeah. you're putting away your playthings yeah. and, you know, you're maturing. Yeah. Uh, again, another interesting aspect about this movie that I thought was pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. It's a good message to It's what know, makes it a kiss along. movie, you know. Right but there. don't kill people, all right? Yeah. Just yeah. don't. Kids, <laughs> just don't do it. I love the fact that um, the dad comes out of the, so he gets Elliot mm-hmm. <laughs> Elliot slash Davy out of the cockpit of the of the plane. This was not a good plan. Uh, no, dude, it, he fell probably. I don't. Uh, I mean, uh, an airplane is how tall? It's up tall. In the air. I mean, it's, it's tall. like at least thirty feet. He's not forty feet even. Shit. He's not going to be okay after this no. tumble, dude. He. If he, he survives tuck, it. He tucks and rolls it, man. It's no big deal. He does. He avoids uh-huh. the tires. That's important. Roll away, Davey. Roll away. Yeah, this was sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that. But, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, well, yeah, I mean, at this there's point. There's a bomb in there. Either you're you going to die or you maybe might right. die. You're going to jump out of fucking. Be an invalid for the rest of your life. Or what? What's going on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, Decisions were made. Done, almost done a self-sacrifice, <laughs> you know? It's, right. It's, you know, it's very touching. But it's badass, you know, because he walks out of it like the damn Terminator, like I said earlier. And I couldn't help but chuckle. Yeah. Was I was like, oh. It's kind of hokey. It was a little and I was like, I was like oh, wow, man. this is an 84 movie, yeah. too. I was like, yep, Terminator. This is great. It's just an 80s thing. Yeah. You know, they had the technology to do it. So yeah. might as well fucking use it. That and lasers. <laughs> well, and you can totally tell, like, <laughs> lasers. <laughs> You can totally tell in the background, like, it's, like, oh, it's green screen yeah, and slow-mo. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. wow. Terminator did it better, though. Way better. <laughs> Thank you, Stan much Winston. Yeah. Much, much, much better. Yep. Well, guys, I mean, we have anything else we want to add on here before we go to the wrap-up and ratings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, man. I'm, I'm at the end of that. Okay. Well, I mean, who wants to go first? I think the king should. I mean, 
this was the king selection, so yeah. you want me to go first? Take yeah, her away. Take right. us away, Calgon. All right, I'll go first. This was one of those movies that undoubtedly made me who I am. It's a childhood gem for me that yeah, certainly right. shaped my thinking at a young age. Oh. I mean, you know, some of the experiences in it, you know, I related to or, or was just able to imagine relating to, you know, and it's got so many hard perspectives on life and coming of age. And I was that age when I watched it. So, I mean, you know, giving up childish things and growing up, you know, that was a, a narrative I related to, I guess. Um, but there, there's a handful of movies that did that for me. We've discussed one of them already on here, The Return to Oz. There's at least a top ten movies that shaped me, you know, and this is on it for sure. 1984, wow. King of the Road would have given this a nine out of ten, and said, "If you see, <laughs> sure. if you see the tag hanging under that movie at the video barn, better rip that Velcro and I mean, check God, it out." To be honest, to be honest, yeah. you still do it. So, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, thirty plus years later, man, I don't know as I get it high, but uh, some it's... movies you do, though. <laughs> spiteful. Yeah, spiteful nines. They they eke out every once in a while. Uh, once if, a while. if I had to be spiteful, it'd be a nine. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, no yeah. need to be spiteful here, King. We're all and friendly. Here. It's, it's still good. solid for me, and it takes me back and doesn't fail as bad as some. Holding up for sure gets extra points for nostalgia purposes for me. I can't deny that, but I had no shame with myself for choosing this one as a review and forcing you two to rewatch it because man, that's just. Cool yeah, that you hadn't great. seen it in a long time. I haven't time. seen it in a long, long time, man. It's and good. Anyway, 8 out of 10 says King of the Road. Definitely watch it and show it to your kids. It'll still translate for them today, even though they do say the graphics suck, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, have you seen, like, was it, Roblox or whatever or Minecraft? I mean, that's oh, yeah, like... Yeah. Reverting back a little bit. Yeah. Now. We're regressing with our... Yeah, video but today's game. youth. I mean, I, I play my old school video games, and my kids are not interested. Unless it's like Super Nintendo. They played like The Lion King on mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. And, I mean, NES, they don't they don't want any part of that. They just, wow. they just don't. I was playing Super Spike Volleyball not too long ago. That's and uh, <laughs> they just would not play it. Huh. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> I pretty much just play the new version of Madden on my PlayStation. I hear you. And that's pretty much it. I live in nostalgia, man. <laughs> the uh, the kids relate to the Super Mario's for the Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, but beyond that, Donkey Kong. Right. Yeah, Donkey they, Kong. the kids liked when it was on the Wii. When we had the yeah. Wii. They they definitely yeah. liked that a lot. I've got Donkey Kong on the Atari, and Kobe likes that. We got I, Taz. That's a fun one. I actually kind of fooled my girls into thinking like they call me the Mario Master. Oh, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm really not that good. I'm just better than they are. I was going to say, I'll, I'll put, the, put you up to the challenge. You'll buddy. probably beat my ass. <laughs> but I'll catch you on that challenge one day. All right, man, we'll play. I've seen, seen me beat it one I've seen on it before. Yeah. Oh, man. This might... We might have to make yeah. this a thing. All right, all right. A little NHP challenge here. Maybe that's what we'll do after we wrap her. All right, we'll see you. All right, hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, this movie is... It's it's a really great kids' movie. I mean, I'm going to definitely show it to my children now. I I haven't watched it since I was like... Probably eight or so, Mm. I'd say. It's been a minute, dude. I didn't even watch it when in the 80s or anything, so... It took me a while. Yeah, when you see it at eight, that was the right time. I mean, I was like 92. Yeah, so... I'm saying I was five or six, probably. Right. Right. My mom actually came over when I was watching this 
for the uh, for the review and everything. And uh, she was like, "Oh my God, what is this?" I was like, "Cloak and Dagger." She's like, "I remember getting you this when you were, you were little." And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, that's so cool, man. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I but fuck, I didn't. I don't even remember that, you know. So wow, it was pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, this movie is one of Henry Thomas's better movies. He's a good actor. I mean, there really isn't a movie I have seen him in. Not fly, not fly the navigator. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I thought he was great. Uh, I thought he was great in Flight of the Navigator. I, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he's he's done fine. He did great in Psycho Four. I mean, I yeah, he's Psycho good Four is a it really was good. good movie. Dude, it's underrated. Honest, you know, it's better than three by miles. I watched the, yes, uh, yes, House on Haunted Hill series on Netflix with him. I mean, he's all right. I haven't seen that one. It's, oh it's wow! Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. Either. He's all right. Now. It's nothing substantial, but he's in the he quest. Fuck it up, you know. So that's cool. Good shit. Suicide um, Kings. Suicide Kings with um, Christopher Walken. Yes, dude. I, man, that has been a long. I, I think I've only seen that movie like twice. It's been I a long it. time since I've seen it, though. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. It's been a minute. I'm gonna have to jump back on. He's that all too. tied in. He's all tied up in that chair for pretty much all fucking. Movie. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. exactly. That's a kind of like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross movie. It's just all male cast for the most part. For the most part, I believe. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's good. But cast. Yeah, so, it's a good movie. So Cloak and Dagger, you know, it's it's got some uh, actually a pretty good, decent cast of people. You know, they paid. Um, but you know it. When I was watching it, it tugged at the heart, you know, a little bit, and and I I truly enjoy that. And I, like I said, I I like nostalgia, eighties kids movies, I guess, and it's got just enough enough violence to really intrigue my interests as well, you know. So, and I love eighties Russian, you know, Cold War <laughs> fucking movies, man. And I love war games. We were raised on awesome that shit. Right? I was raised on it, you know, and I love it. And this is another one. Um, but this is coming in at a seven for me. It's very enjoyable, total re- rewatchability all the way. You know, seven cool. out of ten. Go watch it if you have not seen it. Nice respect. I had originally thought that I had seen this as a kid when it first came out just one time. So I was really curious to see if any memory recall that I had with this movie if it jogged anything. And the fact that nothing about this plot, the characters, scenes, sequences jogged anything at all i'm seriously questioning if i really even seen this movie before also you might not even seen it yeah okay right I, on. seriously if i hmm. had i don't remember anything about this movie hmm. um king probably remembers this but uh do either of you remember the made for t Made for TV movie Night Rider 2000. It oh, came yes. out in 91. Oh, yes. I didn't know. Okay. No. All right. Mitch Pelegi was Watts. He was yeah. the main bad guy yeah. who was Mitch, he was in Shocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he killed Devin. Yep. Yeah, X Files. Yeah. Um, the bulk of that movie was filmed in San Antonio. Yes. And that was right after I moved north. And I remember when that movie came out, like, I was obsessed with this movie. Because it was like. 2000? Yes. yes. Because, like, oh, I know that place. I've been there. I yeah, like kid just... drives down the river walk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, in the water, he's got flotation. Right. And it, I don't know if you guys, if you recall, like, the basic premise of this movie, but it was set in the future. Guns were banned. 
and criminals were cryogenically cryogenically frozen. Oh, it's like Demolition Man. It is exactly yeah. like Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, sweet. From Sylvester Stallone yeah. and the Wesley Snipes nice. movie. Yeah. I love that movie, by the way. Rip, um, was it, um, fucking, what was his name? Simon Phoenix. That's Simon such a Phoenix. badass name, dude. It's Simon good. Phoenix. It's good. I like where, he, where he's, uh, he's in, uh, Old Boy's office and he's like, illuminate. <laughs> Deilluminate. <laughs> yeah. Illuminate. <laughs> yeah. I like that movie a lot. That that's that's that was actually a really good movie. I enjoyed that. But fun fact about the Knight Rider two thousand movie, uh, you know who wrote the screenplay for that? Tom Holland? No. Oh shit. Okay. Well I was just taking a stab in dark because I haven't seen it, but that would have been pretty sweet. It wasn't Glenn Larson? Nope. It was Rob Hedden. And if that name doesn't mm-hmm. ring a bell, he uh back in eighty eight he directed the Travesty Friday the thirteenth part eight Jason takes Manhattan. Whatever. Yeah. It's not a travesty. It's kind of a travesty. Hey man, in which in addition to directing, he also wrote that. So for the time, he was an awfully busy dude for writing some shitty movies. I'm just saying. Okay. Well You said not Ritter two thousand was shitty? Yeah, as no. an adult, yes. He's as a saying, kid, it was awesome. T- Jason okay. Takes Manhattan is shitty too. Yeah, they're not. They're not good movies. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not going to say like I wouldn't watch them, but they're yeah. not good movies. They have good parts. Yeah, they had their moments. Yeah. Yes, I will agree with that. Anyways, I digress. My point is, if I had known that this movie was filmed in San Antonio, pretty much right about the time when I lived there, I know for a fact I would have watched this movie over and over again. This movie's for you, man. Yeah, seriously. And it probably would have been a personal favorite of mine, and it really had all the right components of a movie that should have, by all accounts, been a staple of my childhood. And that's slightly disappointing, to be honest with you, because this movie (laughs) definitely misses a lot viewing this as an adult for me. Sure, I can see that. But I fully recognize that as a child, this movie would have been awesome fun. Oh, yeah. Dabney Coleman, I mean, he was good in dual roles here. He's a tough sell for me as this badass 007 type uh, super spy. But he fits the role of Davy's dad perfectly, in my opinion. Maybe a little old, but I like him here. Yeah. This was this was a good choice. Henry Thomas, I mean, honestly, he appears as if he didn't even miss a beat coming from the massive success of E.T. Well, it's practically the same fucking character. I mean, More he's really just playing himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In these movies, it's like he didn't play the navigator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one sure did. I did. You nailed it, King. <laughs> have you guys watched Play the Navigator? I have. Yeah, it's been a long no, time. No, not recently. No, and I know I have watched that. I've okay. watched that one. I'm better going to Henry Thomas trilogy, dude. And, and <laughs> put it in there. <laughs> the HT three. <laughs> because uh, the Play the Navigator and this is an A B, you know conversation yeah yeah actually you're not wrong when you think about it yeah you're right thank you but michael murphy and while he's not really a big name in hollywood but he i think he's really good as the bad guy here he has like his facial features along with these like dead lifeless eyes he has where he just like i'm I'm talking about the scene mainly where he's he comes out of the trees Mm -hmm. at the garden 
Yep. And he just kind of, almost like a zombie, just just meanders up to Davy. It's yeah. creepy as hell. Well, yeah, he's got him cornered and all that shit, right. man. He's there, just, he knows he's got him. There's just something about the look on his face. It's like that, I don't give a fuck, but like, there's nothing there, too. It's it's weird. It's creepy. It's, it's really creepy, and I really dig it. I, I Honestly, that scene is what sold me on him being the bad guy. Okay. Well... It really was. It took you late in the movie to see that. <laughs> you know what? So <laughs> you know what sold me when he was <laughs> when he's a bad guy. It was, I don't know if it sold me, but it was a funny ass part of the movie, and I and I was like, this is a good job, uh, you know, casting him and shit. Oh, it's when um, <laughs> the parking garage. Yes, it's the parking yep. garage, dude. With his car. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, hey, don't shoot my fucking car! Don't shoot my car! You know, and and in the movie, you know, um. Davy is wrecking the he's damn just, car. He's, he's just destroying the shit. He's like, yeah. he's yelling at the, his boys. He's like, hey, stop shooting my car. It's just hilarious. Yeah, that didn't yeah, make sense. Great. Yeah, Davy had yeah. already wrecked it into like four different shits. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was like, fucking trash, man. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is good. Like Yeah, this that's guy. funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, though. I agree with you. I love the uh, line that Davy gives his dad in his bedroom. A man was killed for this. Just let me play one game. Yeah. There was something so freaking humorous about that, the way he delivered it. It was so funny to me. I honestly, <laughs> it, it is might weird, dude. It, it is, is weird, but it's so funny. He's like, Dad. I don't know. I, I, don't I just, let him die in vain. Right? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, this last pleading, and he and, and you know he's just sitting there like, all right, so like, I mean, where's the proof? Right. You know? No, I I thought that was hilarious. I don't think I really caught on to that that much just because I'm wearing the nostalgia goggles yeah. when I see that scene. And as a child, it didn't uh, make me think that hard into it. So, Right on. Yeah. Nostalgia goggles. Sure. Obviously, in addition to the personal nostalgia I have by living in San Antonio, uh, I love all the nostalgic feels I get from seeing all the uh, the Atari paraphernalia we get to see throughout the oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, the ColecoVision, mm-hmm. the Blitzkrieg game in Davy's room, mm-hmm. the pennants on the wall, the big ass Casio watches. I right. th- this was a nice trip down memory lane. It really was, and especially mm-hmm. if I had seen this, I don't remember any of it. So this was basically I'm treating All this fresh. as a yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a new to me movie. Right on, the way man. I'm pretty much viewing it because nothing. There's no recall at all with this. I'm going to give this a six and a half out of ten, but oh. I just knowing how I am with movies and movies from this era, and if this was a movie I would have watched, which, like I said, if I would have known what I know now about it, I absolutely would have watched this movie. This was a seven and a half, seven and a half out of ten. If I would have known this movie as a child, that would be my rating. But. Right on. As it stands, it's a perspective. Yeah, but see, here's it. the thing: if he watches it one more time, it'll go up to a seven. I'm pretty sure. It's, I think that's what he's saying. Because he'll notice more shit. It's likely. It, it is yeah. likely. I'm not ruling that out. He'll be like, "Oh my god, I farted there once." <laughs> seven out of ten. Oh, I, I <laughs> could accept a seven out of ten, but the thing is, he's projecting a right. nostalgic rating when he can't really distinguish the feeling you have as a youth seeing it. And what you imagine the feeling seeing it as a youth is. I don't know. A ute, as yeah. uh, a ute. Joe Pesci would say. 
the two, the two what? <laughs> two youths, huh? The youths. <laughs> but this is actually streaming on the Stars app if you have that, or you can buy or rent it for the same price of three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Yeah, or you can um, buy it on VHS. Yes, that's the proper eBay. way to own it. <laughs> Which is do you, do you, I do, do you not have much, it. No, I'm no. asking, do you know like what it roughly, oh, I'm sure what it goes for? Like, cheap. It's not it, rare. It, yeah, it's not rare. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 50 cents, but... Oh, bullshit. Seriously. 50 cents, buck. You get me a couple. I'd pay a dollar for it. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. And I say yuck, that... Yuck, <laughs> Grabbing some jugs. There you go. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. All right, hitchhikers. This concludes our review of Cloak and Dagger from 1984. We hope you all enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this lesser-known, action-packed, family-fun adventure. Hell yeah! It you is know. a lot of fun. It is. It. This was a very enjoyable Good. movie, and yeah. this was a honestly. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. When you first recommended this, I was a little skeptical, but honestly, if you peel back the curtain a little bit, this this was a pretty interesting movie. This was a nice selection. I dig it. Oh, thank you. Good selection. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, so be on the lookout for new announcements and updates, and make sure you also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the NHP page, where you can find a wide variety of amazing artwork from the King himself. You can also email the show at NostalgiaHighwayPodcast at gmail.com, and our Twitter username is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways you can reach us. Any input or any questions you may have, we'd love to hear from you. Join us next time on February 4th for episode 32, where we will review the 1997 horror thriller from Taylor Hackford, The Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves and the motherfucking great Al Pacino. The bad guy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Say goodnight to the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Charlize Theron and Connie Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, but Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bad guy. There is a monologue in this movie from... It gives you chills. It... <laughs> it gives you thrills. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I think we have to make... We have to have a discussion about this because is this the best Pacino monologue? I'll give you an answer. We'll next hold well, on yeah. until episode 32. I don't think so, though. Oh, oh, the Don't king. Give the uh, he <laughs> can't sure. hold his load. Anyways. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll need to review it to think about it. <laughs> All right. So on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll pick you up next time out on the highway. Did you guys ever play Cloak and Dagger? I did not. No. Was it a real game on arcade? It was a real game. And it wasn't, yes. in, the, wasn't in the game rooms I ever played in. It was a real game. Did you? No. Oh, okay. I, I was at the game room. Right, I was just asking. It, it's honestly, like I said, it's one of those games that I would have totally passed on as a kid. Right on. It did not. I would have played. It, yeah, it, I don't think it was interesting to me at all. I mean, if I'd seen it after I saw the movie in a game room, I'd be like, ooh, that's from the movie. Dude, I've played Adventurer on the Atari, so I'll play. That game is much worse (laughs) than 
fucking what they showed me on the on the movie. So I would definitely check. Asteroids always pissed me off. You know, the, asteroids uh, is fun. Yeah, but you're just you, once you start moving in a forward motion, you can't gain that thing back under control. It's gonna keep flying, you know, out of the screen and back on the screen in the opposite mm-hmm. corner until you crash into something. There's no way you can fucking, you know, get your shit right after you started moving forward. Just stay in the middle and just blast the best you can until you die. I think mm-hmm. that's the strategy I always use. That's Asteroid, life. You know? That's life. That's okay. life. <laughs> that's, that's my meaning of life for the week. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>